Your internet and wireless should always have you covered. And with Xfinity, you're covered far and wide. You'll get the best internet experience at home with Xfinity XFi and the best wireless coverage on the most reliable network with Xfinity Mobile. Plus, for a limited time, ask how to get $400 off an eligible Samsung 5G phone. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Requires residential post-pay Xfinity internet. Restrictions apply. Samsung offer ends 915. 5G only in parts of select cities. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. I pray that you are all doing well and uh, that uh, you are standing strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Um, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. And uh, how are you today? Uh, How are you doing? Uh, What's on your heart? What's on your mind? What is the Lord saying to you today? What is the Lord saying to you today? It's very important to know what the Lord is saying to us. And um, the reason why is because God is uh, God is a word. God is a word. Uh, the Bible says in John 1 and 1 that in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So God is a word. So it's very important for us to know what is the word of the Lord? What is God saying? Um, it's also important for us to know his word. This is why I always um, talk about, you know, uh, doing your own study, doing your own research and uh, searching the scriptures to find out, um, you know, if certain things are of God or not. Uh, the reason why it's important to, to know the word of God is because if you don't know the word of God, then you really don't know God. Amen. Because God is a word. God is a word. And uh, he said, my word is spirit and my word is life. Well, we know that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So um, very important um, that we know him, that we know his word, uh, because if we don't know, uh, if we don't know him, then, of course, we we won't know uh, how he operates, what he's doing, you know. Um, and we don't, when we don't know what he's doing, then we become fearful. Amen. We become afraid. That is the average reaction of human beings is to become afraid of the unknown. We are, we fear the unknown. Um, and it's just human nature. So I'm going to bring a message to you here today. And, uh, I want you to, um, I want you to listen, you know, to this carefully. And I want you to be able to understand what the word of the Lord is, what the spirit of God is saying. And also just want to uh, reiterate something that um, <clears throat> this is not only a, a podcast episode, but this is also a YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel that is connected to this podcast. Also, to, uh, It's also named Divinity Life. Um, so um, anytime that you want to connect with me or if you want to excuse me, uh, you leave a comment or you, you have a question about anything or uh, maybe you want to share, you know, that God confirmed something in your heart through these messages or, you know, maybe God added something. He said something else to you uh, in addition to what has been said here. Um, I would love to hear it. I would love to uh, be able to share the word of the Lord with you and uh, also uh, be able to pray with you. Um, so if you uh, one would, would like to, you know, uh, pray concerning anything. If you, um, have a prayer request or a prayer need, I'll be happy to help you with that. I'm a servant of God first and foremost, 
I'm a servant of his people. So, you know, I'll be happy to help you with those things and um, try to uh, uh, connect with you there. So, you know, um, I would love for there to, for there to be communication between me and you. And, um, you know, you can reach me on the YouTube channel by uh, leaving a comment under the video. That's one way that you can reach out. Um, is by leaving a comment under the video. If you watch this on YouTube, you can also uh, send me an email. If you're listening by podcast, you can also send an email. Um, the email address is imdivinity at gmail.com. That is imdivinity at gmail.com. Divinity being spelled D-I-V-I-N-I-T-E. D-I-V-I-N-I-T-E. I am divinity at gmail.com. All of that information is uh, listed uh, on my actual uh, page. So on the podcast page, on the YouTube page. Um, also, you can reach me on Facebook as well, Divinity Life. Okay. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to share that with you and make you aware of that. And um, so we're going to go into the word of the Lord today. And uh, I want you to. If you're able to grab uh, your Bible, um, preferably your physical Bible, (laughs) but if not, that's fine. You know, I understand that we have busy lives today. So if you're able to grab your Bible, um, a pen and pad, maybe you can jot down some of these scriptures and or you can jot down some notes uh, regarding what the spirit of God is saying to you. Amen. Um, Through this message. So. Uh, We're going to start with a word of prayer, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that you are allowing us to share together. And uh, we thank you, Father, because you said where two or three are gathered together in your name, that you're in the midst. And we welcome your presence this morning, Father God. We honor you and we magnify your name because there is truly none like you. You are the most high God. You are the absolute power, the absolute authority. The heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. Your creator, you created all things for your glory and for your namesake. And beside you, there is no God from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. Your kingdom rules and reigns forever. And we just bless your name and we exalt you and magnify you. We give you thanks for each other. Father, every, every brother, every sister that Uh, joins me today or listens to this message at any time. I pray, God, that that you would cover them. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would give them strength, that you would give them hope, that you would give them, uh, that you would strengthen their faith and edify them through these messages and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, I bleed the blood of Jesus over their eyes, their ears, their hearts, Uh, over everything that pertains to them, Father. Father, cover them. Uh, Protect them, oh, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, Father, against every spirit that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I rebuke and bind the prince and the power of the air. Satan, the Lord rebukes you this morning, and the blood of Jesus Christ is against you. You have no power, no authority here. I bind every spirit of opposition, every spirit of hindrance, every spirit of distraction in Jesus' mighty name. And I rebuke and bind every lying spirit in Jesus' mighty name. And I release the spirit of truth to have preeminence here, to walk up and down in the hearts and minds of 
each and every listener in the name of Jesus. Father, let your spirit of truth, which is your living word, be glorified. Let it have free course here and let it be glorified in Jesus mighty name. I cancel every demonic assignment, plot, plan, strategy and agenda in Jesus name. I decree it will never prevail. It will never come to pass in Jesus mighty name. Father, I thank you. I give you all the glory, honor and praise. Use my mouth for your glory. Let the people hear you and not me. Season my speech with grace and salt. Anoint my lips of clay. And, and put your word in my mouth. In Jesus' name I pray. And I give you thanks and praise, glory and honor. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, yeah, very important that we come to know the word of God. Many people say that they know God, but they don't really know God because they don't know his word. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and, and the word was God, right? So if God is a word, and then he turned around and he said, my words are spirit and my word is life. Right. And then he turned around and says that uh, the, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Right. So God is a spirit. He's the spirit of truth. Amen. And then he turned around and said, that, and you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen. So if people are, are walking around still bound in their mind and bound um, in their in their souls is because they don't know the truth, which is a word, which is God. They don't know the truth of the word, you see. So, you know, very important that we come to understand. Um, uh, come into the knowledge of the truth, rather, because in coming into the knowledge of the truth, we come to find God. We come to know God. Amen. So, um. Yeah, any anything that the enemy tries to sell us that is not God, it will be very easy to detect that thing if we know God, if we know God. It's just like me and you, I'm your sister. And if you know me very well, then there's nothing nobody else can tell you about me because you know me personally and you know certain things I will not do, certain things I will not say. You know, you know my mark, you know everything about me, my signature everything about me. Right. And so, um, uh, this is very important to know about God. And why am I saying that? I'm saying that because so many people are full of fear now. So many people have questions about, you know, what's happening, what's going on, uh, in the world. Um, they know that we're in the end times, we're in the last days, but they don't know where, you know, so they, they don't know the times, um, they don't know anything. Um, and so this is what makes people afraid. People, it's human nature for us to be afraid of the unknown. So um, when people are afraid, they panic. And when people panic, this is where we see chaos and destruction. So people are full of fear. And um, the reason they're full of fear is because of the unknown. And God is sitting there saying, well, I didn't give you the spirit of fear. I gave you power, love, and a sound mind, right? And it's very hard to stand in a place of faith when you don't know what is coming next. Um, but when you know God, then you understand what's coming next. 
um, if you know his word, you understand what is coming next because it's written right there in the word of God. All of the answers are right there in the word of God. And uh, I'm going to uncover some truths for you today. And uh, we're going to take a little walk uh, prophetically through the scripture just to show you what time it is. Something that really frustrates me a lot, to be very honest with you, uh, it really vexes my spirit because I know the fivefold um, uh, the fivefold ministry has different administrations, right? Uh, one spirit, but different administrations. I understand that. Um, but what I don't understand is that um, why each administration is not making it uh, their responsibility to to minister the whole truth or feed the whole truth to the body because that's what edifies the body and that's what helps us to grow and to mature into uh, the head which is Christ right that's the job of the fivefold ministry is to bring us into the fullness of the knowledge and, and of the measure and stature of Christ and so it is to uh, to feed us the whole truth now we have different ways of doing that, but we are all responsible for doing that, for, for you know, uh, searching the scripture to find the, the, the truth. You know, we have a responsibility to be, be a student of the word, in other words. Uh, no other way for me to say that. Paul told Timothy um, to study the word, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, right? So in order to be a workman, um, a true workman, according to the scriptures, it didn't say whether you were apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. It said a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Well, you know, if we are a workman, we are working, in other words, in the body of Christ, right? We're sitting, holding seats and, you know, um, uh, leading people and holding services, opening churches and all kinds of stuff. Then we should be able to feed God's people the whole truth, not a part truth. And it's nobody's independent responsibility to do that. You know, you know, we are all responsible for that. So, you know, that's what that's what frustrates me is is when I when I hear that, um, rather when I see that people, uh, God's people are weak and frail and we're not strong. We are, we have not been fed the whole truth. Um, and it makes people weak, you know, it makes people weak, weak in their faith when they're not being fed the whole truth. So, um, this is the, uh, the reason why, uh, I want to be able to help in that way is because, um, I want God's people to know the truth. Amen. That's basically the bottom line. And I know how it feels. Um, I know how it feels to be confused. I know how it feels to uh, to feel helpless, you know, um, because studying the Bible, studying the word takes time. In the meantime, you know, you really may not know how to feel or what to do about these events that are taking place in the earth right now. And uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, they are escalating. They are escalating. Um, you know, don't think that it's over um, just because it's, it's slowing down. This, coron this uh, coronavirus situation seems to be slowing down because the country is opening. But that's just what they're showing you on the forefront is that, you know, they're opening the, the country 
to uh, restart the economy and all that kind of stuff. See, they have their own agenda. But behind the scenes, um, the truth of the matter is that uh, another agenda is being pushed. And they don't care that the coronavirus cases are increasing. So, you know, don't, um, not, like I said before, don't look at what you see, but, but think about what you're not seeing, right? Think about the unseen. Um, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because uh, this thing is far from over. It's not over. Uh, we're going to look up in the fall, in the winter, it's going to be something else, you know? Um, we just we just uh, experienced COVID-19. We just experienced um, racial injustice, you know, once again. And these events are happening back to back now, like a woman in travail about to give birth to something. Your internet and wireless should always have you covered. With Xfinity, you're covered far and wide. Get the best internet experience at home with Xfinity XFi and the best wireless coverage with Xfinity Mobile. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Requires residential postpay Xfinity internet. Restrictions apply. Sometimes in business, the unexpected comes calling. But even in, I'm going to say it, unprecedented times. Don't bounce back. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. With the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. And with security solutions that help keep your connected devices protected. Be fast. Be flexible. Be ready for what's next. And bounce forward. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. So this this stuff is coming back to back. Contractions come uh, faster. They don't slow down. Amen. So we have to be aware of that. And I'm saying that because God, as he told us before, he said, do not be distracted by the news, the headlines, the current events, because the devil is showing us what he wants us to see. See, the, the devil is showing you what he wants you to see. Um, in order to cause fear and confusion and chaos. But it's a cover-up because um, uh, he's trying to cover his true agenda, right? Um, if you ever seen that uh, that TV show Scandal, right? You notice how, um, if you haven't seen it, I, I don't really want to encourage you to watch it because, <laughs> you know, you, you might not be able to, uh, to handle that. But um, the enemy works just like that. You know, um, he has a way of spinning the news um, and spinning the headlines to cover up his true agenda. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that the, the uh, actress there, um, the character, the main character is Olivia Pope. Right. And uh, she has a very uh, talented gift for gab. Right. And uh, she's able to spin things very quickly. Um, and funny that her name is Olivia Pope because who else has the name Pope? Okay. We're going <laughs> to, all right. So he's working his plan behind the scenes of mass chaos and destruction. So when we see this chaos and this destruction happening in the earth, um, understand that the enemy has a plan that he's working behind the scenes of that chaos, right? So God is saying, don't focus on what you see, but rather consider what you cannot see. See, God told his prophets um, when they were in the battle, he said, lift up your eyes 
uh, to the hills. Lift up your eyes and and uh, and see that there are more for us or more with us than there are against us. So that's the one thing that we have to understand. The main thing that we have to understand is um, that that we have help in the unseen realm. We have holy war angels in the unseen realm um, without number who are here to help us in this battle. That's the main thing that we want to see and consider. And the other thing that we want to see and consider is that um, the enemy is working behind the scenes. Uh, Who is not speaking and why? You know, who's not being seen and why? Why do we need to notice that? We need to notice that because the Bible says to be not ignorant of the devil's devices. See, when we're ignorant, then we'll be and we'll become entrapped. Right. And so we don't want to be ignorant. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge once again. Right. So Satan is what he's the great deceiver. He's the father of lies. He still wants to be uh, worshipped as God, but he's not God. <laughs> he is not God, but he wants to be worshipped as God. So nothing changed about him. You know, he's still that same um that same liar, that same deceiver. And just like God don't change, he don't change. Right. So when you think about Satan, think about the fact that he want, he will work overtime to be worshiped like God. He works through man to achieve his goal of worldwide worship, just like God worked through Jesus, right. To achieve worldwide, uh, submission and worship, right? Which God is rightfully do that. He's rightfully do, but but Satan is not. And so what does it say in Isaiah uh, um, 14? Let's look, let's look at Isaiah 14 here really quick. Um, Isaiah 14. uh, Let's look at verse 12. Uh Uh-huh. Verse 12. It says, uh, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? Now pay attention to that. Nations. He weakened the nations. Um, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. The mount of the congregation. Remember that, okay? He says, "I will ascend above the he- above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High." Yet, you 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 shall bring up uh, verse fifteen. Sorry. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Sixteen. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, "Is this the man?" Is this the man that made earth to tremble and did shape kingdoms, right? So what do we see there? We see the word kingdoms. We see nations. We see the mount of the congregation. And we also see the word man. So who is Lucifer, son of the morning? Who is is, is Satan? He's a man. He works through man. He works through man. And 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 yes, he works through man in terms of plural, but he also works through man singular, singular, a single man. What is this man doing? This man is 
ruling the nations. This man is uh, shaking kingdoms, right? And he his seat is in the heights or in other words, in the north, in the north, okay? Um, he wants to be like the most high. He wants to be like the most high. Now, let's look at another scripture here in Isaiah. I'm going to show you something here. I'm going to show you something. Isaiah, we just saw Isaiah four, chapter 14, right? Now look at Isaiah chapter 2. I'm going to show you something. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1. It says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, right? And shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And ain't that what it says? Ain't that what it says? And look at verse three. It says, and many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Okay, you see that? All right. So again, Going back to Isaiah 14, what is the devil trying to do? Trying to set up his kingdom just like God. I'm going to show you this uh, plainly. Let's look at Revelations chapter um, chapter 18. We're going to start in 18. I'm going to move backwards a little bit, but um, it's for the sake of your understanding. Amen. So 18 and 1, it says, and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird, right? Um, for all nations have drunk the wine of her of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies right so it talks about um that babylon it has fallen and it's become the habitation of devils and the hold which is the prison of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So it says all nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So what does it say in scripture? That um, when the iniquity of the Amorites was full, right? So the reason, uh, and, and God judged, God sent judgment, right? When the iniquity of the Amorites was full, you can look that up, that God then judged that, uh, judged that nation. Now look at this. Babylon... Uh, has become full of uh, full of evil, right? Full um, of devils and every foul spirit and unclean and hateful bird, right? And these these words represent something, but that's not what I'm trying to really get get to here. What I'm getting to is verse four. It says, "And I heard another voice from heaven saying, 'Come out of her, my people.'" 
that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities, right? So God is getting ready to judge uh, this whore, right? Which, yes, it is a whore. Um, and the reason I say that it's a whore is because if you look at verse, uh, at if you look back at chapter 18, there, um, uh, in verse five, it says upon her forehead was a name written mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So a harlot is a whore right now. Why is God saying that? Okay. I'm going to remind you of something that God said to us last time um, because he's been repeatedly speaking this same message saying, come out of her, um, touch not the unclean thing, separate yourself, stop eating that stuff that's been sacrificed to, to idols, you know, come out from over there and leave that alone because I'm about to judge that, right? I'm getting ready to separate my people um, from the, uh, from the sons of, from the children of darkness, I'm getting ready to separate you from them. I'm getting ready to uh, separate the clean from the unclean. He's saying, come out of there, right? Okay, so he calls her a whore, right? Now, how does she become a whore? Let's look at Ezekiel 16. Start at verse 1. It says, and again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations, and say, thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem. Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan, right? We talked about these Canaanites. Is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite and thy mother a Hittite. Now, what does the scripture say about Amorites? It says when the iniquity of the Amorites was full, then God sent judgment. Now we see the same uh, spirit. It says that you were born in Canaan. Your father was a an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. Okay. All right. You see the connection there? All right. And the same warden filled up her cup too with, with fornication, right? The iniquity has to become full. Okay. Where are we today? Where are we today? We're going to see this plainly. Verse four, it says, and as for thy nativity in the day when thou was born, thy navel was not cut, neither was thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou was not salted at all, nor swaddled at, swaddled at all as a baby. None I pitied thee to do any of these things unto thee, to have compassion upon thee. But when thou was cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou was born, right? So, um, if you want to know what these little words means, like supple, um, salted, and stuff like that, that's what they did to babies back in those days. And um, if you uh, if you have a study Bible, I, I, I uh, uh, recommended the last time that you get a study Bible. A King James study Bible will be the most effective, but um, you can it, it will show you what these words mean right there uh, next to the scripture. Um, there's a little column that shows you the definition of those little words and the words are numerated, right? So he said that nobody did this to you. You were just cast out into the open field. It says, uh, no, I pity thee to do any of these things to you. 
and to have compassion on you. But thou was cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou was born. Six, and when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thy own blood, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, live. So he wanted us to live, right? He said, I, I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased and waxed great, and are come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned, thy hair is grown, whereas thou was naked and bare. Now when I passed by thee, I looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love. And I spread my skirt over thee and covered thee, covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. So if you want to know what that word skirt means, it means his wings, his wings. He covered you, he covered up. He covered her with his wings, right? And made a covenant with thee. And this is what God does with his people, his beloved. Amen. Um, he loves us. And so um, he said, thou became his mine. Then I washed you with water. I thoroughly washed away all the blood from you. I anointed you with oil. I clothed you with the best clothing. I clothed you also with broad, uh, embroidered work and shod you with badger skins, which means I put shoes on your feet. I girded you with fine linen, and I covered you with silk. I decked you also with ornaments and put bracelets on my hands and a chain on your neck. I put a jewel on your forehead and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown upon your head. Uh, it says, you were decked with gold and silver, and thy raiment was of fine linen and silk and embroidered work. Thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil, and thou was exceeding beautiful, and thou, thou didst prosper into a kingdom, a kingdom. Keep this word in mind. You prospered into a kingdom, and your renown went forth. Renown means um, means famous. It, the word renown means fame. It says, your renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, uh, for it was perfect through my comeliness, through my comeliness. Uh, it was, your beauty was made perfect through my comeliness. And the word comeliness there means splendor. So, um, which it says, which I put upon thee, saith the Lord God. So it says, your beauty was made perfect. You became famous, you know, your fame went out among the heathen uh, because your beauty was so perfect and it, but it was made perfect through my comeliness or my splendor, which I put upon you, saith the Lord God. Your internet and wireless should always have you covered. And with Xfinity, you're covered far and wide. You'll get the best internet experience at home with Xfinity X5 and the best wireless coverage on the most reliable network with Xfinity Mobile. Plus, for a limited time, ask how to get $400 off an eligible Samsung 5G phone. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Requires residential post-pay Xfinity Internet. Restrictions apply. Samsung offerings 915. 5G only in parts of select cities. 
Your internet and wireless should always have you covered. With Xfinity, you're covered far and wide. Get the best internet experience at home with Xfinity XFi and the best wireless coverage with Xfinity Mobile. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Requires residential postpay Xfinity internet. Restrictions apply. 15 says, but thou didst truth, but thou did trust in thine own beauty. This is where we made the mistake. Trusted in your own beauty and played the harlot because of thou thy renown because of your fame and poured out thy fornications on everyone that passed by his it was verse 17 thou thou has also taken thy fair jewels of my gold and my silver which i gave you and made to yourself images of men and thou didst commit whoredom with them okay so god is back on this thing you know um verse 20 he says moreover thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters whom thou born unto me and thee and these thou hast sacrificed unto them to be devoured is this thy whoredoms a small matter that thou hast slain my children and delivered them to cause them to pass through the fire for them and in all thy abominations and thy whoredoms thou hast not remembered the days of thy youth when thou was naked and bare and was polluted in your own blood Let's skip down to verse uh, 25. It says, thou hast, um, uh, verse 24 rather, it says, thou hast also built unto thee an eminent place, an eminent place, keep that in mind, which is a shrine, a shrine, right? A place so you could be worshiped. It says, and has made thee a high place, which is a, a, a sacred place of worship in every street. Thou hast built thy high place at the head of the way and has made thy beauty to be abhorred and has opened thy feet to everyone that passed by and multiplied thy whoredoms. Amen. So you offered yourself to everyone that passed by um, and multiplied your whoredoms or your acts of harlotry. Um, it, it talks about the people that uh, that he that she committed this uh whoredoms with which was um the egyptians it talks about the assyrians it talks about uh the chaldeans in the land of canaan which was uh the babylonians right um verse 29 it says thou has moreover multiplied thy fornication in the land of canaan unto chaldea and yet thou was still not satisfied uh, verse 30 says, how weak is thine heart, saith the Lord God, seeing thou doest all these things, the work of an imperious, whorish woman. The next scripture I want to show you is Daniel, because now I'm going to, uh, I'm going to expose who this is. going to expose who this is. Okay. It's going to give us a timeline of where we are in scripture. Um, I was asking the Lord, okay, Lord, well, you know, what time is it? Where are we exactly uh, in the scripture? I know we're in the book of Revelation. Many people uh, probably can understand that. But since no one is saying it plainly, you know, um, maybe no one is asking God or maybe God hasn't revealed it to anyone. But, you know, I asked a dumb question when I asked him, well, where are we in the scripture? Um, because he's been telling me this whole time. And he said, well, what have I been saying to you? I said, well, you've been saying, you know, tell my people to return unto me, um, to come out of, uh, come out of her, separate yourself, touch not the unclean thing. And, you know, 
uh, stop eating things that have been sacrificed unto idols. I was thinking of all the things that God was saying to me that he's getting ready to judge the oppressor and, and things like that. And um, he said, so where in the book of Revelation do I say, come out of her, come out and separate yourself because I'm getting ready to judge it. And um, I, it was it was Revelations 18, what I just read to you, 18 and 4, uh, verse 4 and 5 there. And so um, this is the time. Uh, this gives us indication of the timeline that we're in. And we're going to come back to that and, and show you what's coming next. What's coming next is, is chapter 19. And we're getting ready to see the glory of God here. We're getting ready to see um, God take this thing over. Okay, that's what we're getting ready to see, the return of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen. So um, uh, let's look at Daniel really quickly. Uh, Daniel uh, chapter 2. We're going to talk about the dream, first of all, that God gave to King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, and Daniel interpreted was able to interpret this dream because Daniel was a man of uh, wisdom and skill and great understanding. And um, he, he was wise enough to pray and ask God for the interpretation of the dream. And God showed him the interpretation of the dream. So King Nebuchadnezzar um, was king of Babylon. He was the king of Babylon. And um, he had this dream that troubled his spirit. The Bible says it troubled his spirit. And when he woke up, he could not remember what the dream was, but his spirit remained troubled. So he called forth his um, his magicians, his astrologers, his sorcerers and the Chaldeans to show him what the dream uh, was so he could understand the dream. Right. Um, he wanted to know what the dream was and what the interpretation was. Right. And so no one, none of them were able to do it, of course. Because they don't, they don't carry, they didn't carry the spirit of God. Uh, but Daniel was able to do it. And uh, keep in mind that um, the Lord said to me yesterday that in these last, uh, in these last moments, we're going to have to become like Daniel. He says, "I want you to remember Daniel because Daniel um, refused to bow to uh, to the king's laws." you know, to the laws of the land when they um, obstructed uh, his relationship with God. Any law that um, intrudes on your relationship with God or, you know, turns you, uh, tries to turn you to worshiping something else or some someone else other than God, we are not to obey those laws of the land. Amen. So I know you know, we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. Yes, but not, not to the point where we begin to worship something else other than God. Think about why um, the first two of the commandments, the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses, um, the first commandment was, I am the Lord, uh, your God. You shall have no other gods before me. And then the second commandment, he warns against false idols, you know, that you should not make any graven image unto anything, right, to worship it as an idol. Well, this is exactly what the devil wants us to do, is to worship him instead of God. So we want to keep that in mind. And we're going to see this here plainly. Daniel chapter 2, um, we're going to start uh, where Daniel actually... Uh, 
tell him tells him the dream that he saw and then we're going to read the interpretation it says in verse 31 thou o king sawest and behold a great image this great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee and the form thereof was terrible this man this image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs as brass, his legs of iron, his feet part iron and part clay. Okay, and then it says, Thou saw thou sawest till a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron and the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the shaft of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the mountain, excuse me, the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Amen. So that was the dream. The king dreamed about this image, which was in the form of a man because it had a head uh, and the head. Obviously, this man was wearing was fully armored. Right. So his head was a fine gold. His breast and his arms are uh, silver. His belly and his thighs are brass. His legs are iron and his feet are part iron and part clay. Amen. So these are metals, metals, right? So this man was armored uh, with these metals uh, or he was made of these metals. And um, so that was the dream. That was the dream. And uh, we're going to look at the meaning of this here, because if you have a study Bible, once again, um, it tells you plainly right there in the study Bible. You don't even have to go over and search uh, for symbols and interpretations and, and things like that, because the clues are, are already written and, and answered right there for you. So when you read this here, I'm going to show you what mine says. I'm going to tell you what mine says. Okay. Well, let's just keep reading because it's right there in the scripture. Let's read the interpretation of the dream. Uh, verse 36, it says, this is the dream and we will tell thee the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of, of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Right? It says, uh, thou, thou art this head of gold. So King Nebuchadnezzar himself was the head of gold, being the head, uh, being the king of Babylon, which was the ruling kingdom at that time. It says, and after these shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdues all things. And as iron breaketh all things, excuse me, as as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise, right? It says, and whereas thou sawest the feet and toes 
part of potter's clay and part of iron. The kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it the strength of the iron. For as much as thou saw the iron mixed with the miry clay, and as the toes of the feet were part iron and part clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Amen. Um, it says, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Amen. Um, so this this is what he saw when he saw the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands that break in pieces. What? The iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God had made known to thee king what shall come to pass hereafter and the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof is sure then king nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshiped daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation which is a present to him and sweet odors which is incense unto him and the king answered unto daniel and said of a truth it is that your god is a god of gods and a lord of kings and a revealer of secrets seeing thou couldst reveal this secret and then the king made Daniel a great man, gave him many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Amen. So here we go. What is the head of gold? We just read that the head of gold is King Nebuchadnezzar. The, the head of gold is the kingdom. Because you can't have a king without a kingdom, right? And you can't have a kingdom without a king. So the head, which is Nebuchadnezzar, is the kingdom of Babylon, right? Okay, so what is the arms of silver? The arms and chest of silver. It says the arms of silver represent the kingdoms of Media and Persia, also known as Medo-Persia, right? Okay. And then, so, and then it says, and the belly, uh, the belly and the, and the thighs were of brass. Well, it says that the belly and thighs of brass, better known as bronze, represent Greece. Okay. And then the legs of iron uh, were a foreshadow of the Roman Empire that was to come at that time. So the legs of iron is Rome. The legs of iron is Rome. Rome uh, was known as the Iron Kingdom. Amen. So um, it says uh, uh, that after that, that the feet were part iron and part clay. So if the legs were iron and the feet were part iron and part clay, that means that Rome being iron was divided into two parts. Rome was divided into two, and then it was also further split into ten other uh, ten other nations. So, what are we looking at? We're looking at um, kingdoms, right? And these kingdoms, when you look at a map of the world, uh, especially of the old world, you'll see that these kingdoms um, were situated from the east, moving to the west. So you see the first kingdom, Babylon, and then you see Medo-Persia, 
and then you see uh, Greece, and then you see Rome, right? Four kingdoms, four kingdoms, which were situated from the east to the west. And each kingdom was divide, was uh, conquered by the following kingdom. So Babylon was conquered by Medo-Persia. Medo-Persia was then conquered by Greece. And then Greece was then conquered by the Roman Empire, Rome. Amen. So we're going to look at that now. Um, we're going to understand what, what the meaning is of the iron and the clay. So we know that the feet have 10 toes. We know that the Roman Empire was split into two parts, right? Um, if you do your research, you'll find that in, in the year 285 AD, there was an emperor of Rome. His name was Diocletian. Your internet and wireless should always have you covered. And with Xfinity, you're covered far and wide. You'll get the best internet experience at home with Xfinity X5 and the best wireless coverage on the most reliable network with Xfinity Mobile. Plus, for a limited time, ask how to get $400 off an eligible Samsung 5G phone. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Requires residential postpay Xfinity internet. Restrictions apply. Samsung offer ends 915. 5G only in parts of select cities. Your internet and wireless should always have you covered. With Xfinity, you're covered far and wide. Get the best internet experience at home with Xfinity XFi and the best wireless coverage with Xfinity Mobile. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Requires residential postpay Xfinity internet. Restrictions apply. Decided that the Roman Empire was too big or too large to manage at that time. He divided the Roman Empire into two parts the Eastern Roman Empire and the Western Roman Empire. And, um, it says then that uh, over the next hundred years or so that Rome would be united, but it would be split again. Um, and actually it was, it ended up being split into um, the uh, Western empire was ended up being split into uh, 10 different tribes or nations. Right. And um, we're going to see these here. So these 10 different divisions of uh, or nations were, uh, uh, there were 10, uh, but three of them were uh, conquered or exterminated, ra rather. And so the history shows that the Western Roman Empire was set, was divided into 10 separate kingdoms. Um, and these are the kingdoms, the Alemanni, which is Germany, the Franks, which is France, the Burgundians, which is Switzerland, the Suebe, which is now Portugal, the Visigoths, which is now Spain, the Anglo-Saxons, which is now England, and the Lombards, which is now Italy. And then you have the Vandals, which was an exterminated kingdom. You have the Ostrogoths, which were also exterminated, and the Heruli, which were also exterminated. So those kingdoms no longer exist. Therefore, they don't, you know, they, they're still under the old uh, Roman, listed under the old Roman names. But these um, remaining kingdoms or countries are Germany, France, Switzerland, Portugal, Spain, England, and Italy. There are seven remaining, which we now know as Europe. Amen. So this, these, this is the toes or the feet. Now, these are iron kingdoms. Uh, remember that this is talking about Rome, right? 
Uh, so these are Roman, uh, Roman nations or Roman countries. Now, um, what is the clay? What is the clay? Well, when you look at clay, you're gonna, you have to remember several things. Um, when God created man in the book of Genesis, it says that God uh, formed man from the dust of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, which is which is ruah or or breath, right? Which is spirit. Um, he did. He again turned around and did the same thing on the day of Pentecost. He released his spirit um, into the body, right? The, which is the body of Christ, right? That was the first church, Amen. Pentecost. All right. So um, if you look in the Hebrew uh, dictionary, you'll find that the word dust, God formed man from the dust of the ground. Dust means uh, clay. The, the, the word dust in Hebrew means clay. So then you also see in the book of Isaiah where God says that um, he talks about him being the potter and us being the clay. And then he says, uh, Oh, Jerusalem, cannot I do with you as this clay, as the potter does with this clay? Are you not in my hands as the clay is in the hands of the potter? Right. So, again, his people, Jerusalem, are his chosen people are the clay. We are the clay. Right. So what happened there? What happened was the Roman Empire and the people of God, uh, which were the Christians at that time, uh, began to mingle. Um, there was an emperor. His name was Constantine. And um, he uh, began to uh, uh, conquer uh, different battles, you know, win uh, several battles that he had. And um, he believed that that he that God was the one who gave him the power to conquer uh, those territories. And so um, he, he says that he believed that, you know, God was leading him and God was uh, was helping him to fight and to win those battles. So what happened was um, since he started to believe in God, the true and living God, that the Christians also served. Then what he did was he gave he started stopped killing Christians <laughs> and 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 gave, and started to exalt Christians and so he started to give them uh uh places of uh eminence of, or or allowing them to rule in seats of power and authority so Christians began to um, enter into government and political affairs, right? So Rome was government. Think of Rome as government, right? Iron, uh, government, politics, right? And think of the church as the clay. The clay is the church, right? So this was a mixture of church and government or church and state. It was a mixture of church and state when he allowed the Christians to come in and uh, began to, uh, uh, you know, exercise authority in political affairs and government in Rome at that time. Now, when they mixed with the Romans, what happened was they started to take on um, some of the Romans, um, 
paganistic idolatry and paganistic traditions, right? So what happened was that was actually became the birth of the Roman uh, Catholic Church, the Roman Church or the Church of Rome, right? And so what we see there is that um, a mixture of uh, the Roman Empire with the people of God. But what happened was, as we always do, we start we started worshiping their idols. We started bowing down to their tradition and we started accepting their traditions into the church and, um, you know, giving them a say in, in everything that concerned uh, the laws of God. So they started they came in and they started changing uh, different uh, laws and different times. The Bible says that the enemy will think to change the, the times and the laws of God or the laws and the times of God, which is the spirit of Antichrist that we're talking about now, right? This is how the spirit of Antichrist entered into the church in the first place, okay? And yes, these are Catholic, Roman, uh, Catholic, paganistic traditions um, that have... Uh, entered into the church, thus being the spirit of anti-Christ. We just read about anti, you know, uh, Christ, which is the spirit of Lucifer, Satan, in the book of uh, Isaiah that I just showed to you, how he wants to be worshipped as God, right? So Satan ultimately was was beginning to fulfill his agenda um, through uh, the Roman Empire, right? Through the Roman Empire to infiltrate the church or the body of Christ so that he could come into the church. Okay. Are you with me? You still with me? Okay. So now this is the iron and this is the clay. Amen. So now they have become mixed together, but God says, you know, that, uh, that he is the only true God, right? He does not, he did not want those kingdoms to be, um, he did not want, uh, us to be mixed with them. And so therefore he, he would not never allow that mixture to work because as the Bible says, the, that, uh, iron cannot be mixed with clay. Right. And we saw that the clay was not only clay, but it was miry clay in the scripture. Daniel, uh, two and verse 41 says that it was miry clay. Well, the word miry means dirty. So the clay became, uh, became polluted with the fornications of that, you know, that paganistic um, idolatry and harlotry. Um, the, the church became polluted. Let's look at Isaiah um, 42 and 8. But this is why God is saying he did not want them to mix together. In fact, they will never be able to mix together. They will never be able to mix together. Uh, 42 and verse 8, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images, right? So he says, I am the Lord, that is my name, that is my name, my name is the Lord, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to to graven images. So this is the reason why God says uh, this mixture will never work because I am the Lord and I'm not going to give my glory to them. And I'm not going to give my praise to graven images that, which they have created with my gold and my silver and they over there worshiping. 
see the Bible says in the book of Psalms that um, uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It talks about how um, God says the gold is mine. The silver is mine. The cattle upon a thousand hills is mine. If I were hungry, I would tell no man. Why? Because everything is mine. Everything is mine. I own it. So I don't have to ask for anything. But they're taking these things that belong to God and they are uh, offering them to graven idols, graven images and idols. And another important, important thing to remember is that um, when the Roman Catholic Church uh, came into being, um, what another thing it did is because it, it mixed, you know, uh, so much with the Christians. And at that time, Christians were looked up to and adored, you know, by them, that they began to change some of those idols and those graven images, those statues um, to into Christian uh, uh, saints and, and apostles. Some of the apostles like Apostle, uh, Apostle Peter. And, you know, this is why um, they, they changed. Uh, I, I think it was uh, uh, the goddess Hermes that they worship. Um, they changed her image into the image of Christ, uh, carrying a lamb on his shoulders. They, they, they changed another, uh, uh, female goddess image into the, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus and the baby Jesus. Um, so what they believed was in sun worship and they worshiped, um, what they called were sun gods. And this all came from, you know, Greek mythology and stuff. And that stuff traces back to Nimrod. Uh, who was a mighty hunter, hunter in the earth, and he built. He he was responsible for building uh, the Tower of Babel, unto uh, tried to build it up unto heaven. But even though they were in unity, God had to knock it down because um, they were erecting, erecting, erecting that tower unto another god. And then, and notice that the tower was called Babel, which means confusion it means confusion and we are living in a babylon in Bab in a babylonian system right now and all we are seeing is a lot of confusion chaos and destruction amen so that's the reason why god knocked that tower down back then the first time they tried to build something unto another god they were trying to erect themselves as Satan was using them back then to erect a temple or a tower or uh, uh, an idol unto himself so that he could be exalted like the most high. And, and the Bible says that they erected the tower unto heaven, unto heaven. So you're trying to, you know, now you're trying to mock God to his face. Right. Um, and, and ever since then, they've been erecting things uh, towards the heaven and and it's actually become a um, a uh, spirit of perversion because you change the order of something that was uh, natural use into an unnatural use. See those towers, Nimrod, and the word rod that also represents erection uh, of a penis. They also call that a rod. And so this is where this stuff originated from. Everything in the in the world of pornography and all that kind of stuff, it originated from somewhere. It has a root. It has an origin. And it is rooted in paganistic um, idolatry and paganistic culture. You just have to read the Bible. You just have to read the Bible. It's all there. 
It's all there. So um, that's what they were doing. So now um, we're going to look at Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to show you something here. But yeah, God did not allow those kingdoms um, to mix together. He said, I'm not going to give my kingdom, mix my kingdom with your kingdom. Instead, what I'm going to do is, as we saw, that God, um, uh, it says a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and break in pieces all of those kingdoms. And, and, and that was the kingdom of God. And it says to his kingdom, there shall be no end. So now we're going to look here at Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. And remember, there's four kingdoms, right? Four kingdoms, right? You had Babylon, you had Medo-Persia, you had Greece, and you had the Roman Empire. Now, Daniel chapter 7 in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel continues to have, you know, these night visions, right? And so in Daniel chapter 7, God showed Daniel another vision. All right, chapter 7, verse 1. Uh, this is Daniel's vision of the four great beasts. It says, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. That word diverse means different. Uh, the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld to the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. All right, so let's break this down piece by piece. So the first thing he saw was a, uh, he said there was uh, four winds, and the word winds means um, uh, trouble or uh, destruction. How do we know that? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, in um, in the book of uh, Jeremiah 25 and uh, uh, 31 through 33, we see that when a great whirlwind is uh, is raises up, that it wreaks destruction. Right? It means destruction. It's a sign of destruction. Also, in in the book of Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 13, we see that um, the chariots that spoiled the people there. Uh, this prophet was, you know, a prophecy that was concerning the destruction of Jerusalem by the hand of Babylon. So it says that the chariots were like a whirlwind, right? Um, so we can easily see here that winds are a symbol of destruction, amen? Trouble or destruction, war, you know, uh, strife, and so on, okay? So the four winds. Uh, being from the four quarters of the earth, or for the, or you know, yeah, the four quarters of the earth. Okay, it says that um, these winds uh, strove upon the great sea. Well, seas in the Bible represent um, peoples. They re it represents a multitude of nations, tongues, and peoples. We we learn this in the book of Revelation, chapter seventeen and fifteen. 
And then also in Isaiah chapter 17 and verse 12. Um, and you can read that in your own time. But uh, the sea represents a multitude of peoples, different types of peoples, nations, tongues. Okay. Um, and then it says that four great beasts came up from the sea. So out from among the people, uh, four great beasts arose. And they were different or diverse one from another. Well, a beast is a symbol of a king or a kingdom. And um, uh, also a horn, by the way, is a symbol of a king or a kingdom or uh, a power, like a ruling power or a superpower, right? Um, so already we're, we're seeing a picture here of what Daniel is being uh, shown. He, uh, he's seeing destruction, right? He's seeing probably war um, upon the nations as the kingdom, uh, one kingdom conquers another kingdom to in order to rise to world supremacy, right? Well, doesn't that sound familiar? These are four great beasts and one kingdom conquered or um, uh, kind of, yeah, conquered a the next kingdom in, or, in order to rise to power. Well, we just saw in Daniel, Daniel chapter 2 that there were four kingdoms. Your internet and wireless should always have you covered. With Xfinity, you're covered far and wide. Get the best internet experience at home with Xfinity XFi and the best wireless coverage with Xfinity Mobile. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Requires residential postpay Xfinity internet. Restrictions apply. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. One kingdom uh, would conquer the previous kingdom in order to rise to power and then the next kingdom will conquer that kingdom and we and we noticed that they were moving from east to west right so the first kingdom was babylon that is also the first beast okay the second kingdom was medo persia that is the second beast the third kingdom was greece that is the third beast and the fourth kingdom was rome and that is the fourth beast Okay, so notice also here how the beast rose up out of the sea. So they, ro they rose up among the people or out of the people, um, showing that each kingdom rose out of a densely populated area. Now, um, a densely populated area is different. Uh, it's, it says the sea. So that's different from land, right? Land is a sparsely populated area, or at least in those days it was. But the sea was a very dense um, area. And so it rose up out of the sea. Now, it also says that these beasts were um, different from one another. One was the, it, the scripture says that they were diverse one from another. So this means that the people in each nation uh, or controlling nation there were different. The laws and their customs were different. 
and even um, their administration of the kingdoms was different, right? So you see Babylon had a totally different um, type of kingdom and administration than Medo-Persia. And then you and you read about this also in the book of Daniel. It's, it's also in the book of Daniel. So they have different administrations. They have different uh, customs, right? And different laws, okay? So now we're going to look at the next verse, verse 4. It says, the first beast was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Um, and, it, and Daniel said, I beheld until the wings thereof were plucked and it, it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man. And a man's heart was given to it. Babylon uh, is described as a lion. Um, in fact, the symbol, uh, the uh, kingdom symbol for Babylon was a lion. Now, the wings are a symbol of speed or swiftness, as, a, as seen um, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1. If you look up old um, Babylonian images and art, um, uh, you will find a winged lion. You'll find a winged lion also upon the Ishtar gates was the symbol of the winged lion. And um, uh, these were the gates uh, for the triumphant armies, right? So again, symbolizing the swiftness or the speed by which uh, they conquested or conquered other, uh, other nations, right? So um, let's, uh, let's understand that. Now, the next thing it says is that the wings were plucked and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. What does that mean? We see this represents a change that took place in Babylonian power. Um, no longer was it swift to fly upon its enemies, but the wings were plucked off, so it wasn't, it wasn't swift anymore. So what actually happened there? Well, in the time of the downfall of Babylon under Belshazzar's reign, the kingdom was reduced to the walls of Babylon itself. With the conquering spirit gone and regarding that their power uh, came from their gods, this is in the book of Habakkuk chapter 1, by the way, and also Jeremiah chapter 50, God had abandoned them and the Babylonian kingdom fell with Belshazzar being slain in the um, in the midst of a drunken feast, um, so you can read that there also in your own time. Chapter seven, verse five, Daniel. It says, "And I beheld another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth um, uh, between its teeth, and they." And they said thus unto it, arise and devour much flesh. So he sees this um, other beast and it's like a bear, right? This is the second beast. It's like a bear. And um, this was, as we know so far, that it was another kingdom that rose to power. And we're going to see in this case that this kingdom is the Medo-Persian Empire, um, because it says it was like a bear. Uh, a bear is very vicious, very ferocious, and also bloodthirsty. Um, but it says that this bear raised up on one side, showing that one side is being favored uh, or, or being um, 
being weaker. Um, the Medo-Persians were known to be very cruel and very vicious. You can read this in the book of Isaiah chapter 13, verses 15 through 19. Also, they were partly strong and partly weak. Um, history tells us that Darius, the, the Mede, and Cyrus, his nephew, came together to go up against Babylon. Uh, but the Persians were much stronger than the Medes, um, hence the bear raised up on one side. So you have the Medes, you have the Medes, and you have the Persians, but the stronger, the stronger nation were the Persians. So there, therefore, you know, that's why it was, um, it was not a balanced kingdom. The, the Persians were much stronger than the Medes. Um, so therefore the bear was uh, lifted up on one side with the Persians ruling the kingdom for the majority of the time. Okay. Sorry, that's my dog going out. Um, what does it mean that, that he has three ribs in his mouth? Well, this bear um, has been devouring other beasts or other kingdoms. So these three ribs can represent the three kingdoms that the Medes and the Persians conquered as they were rising to power. And these three kingdoms were the kingdom of Lydia, the kingdom of Egypt, and the kingdom of Babylon, amen, which was the last kingdom that they devoured, the, thus them being the second beast, all right? And then um, it says that uh, someone told this, this bear to arise and devour much flesh, Okay, so what does that mean? The Medo-Persian Empire was much larger than the Babylonian Empire. They ruled over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. That's found in the book of Esther chapter 1. The Medes and the Persians ruled from 538 to 331 BC. Amen. So you can see that... Um, they, they conquered and uh, ruled over 127 provinces. That's a whole lot of provinces, right? So um, next we're going to look at Daniel uh, chapter 7, verse 6. We're going to look at verse 6 now. It says, And after this I beheld, and lo, another beast like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, um, the beast had also four heads and dominion was given to it. Prophecy works on repeat and enlarge. So he continues to unveil or unfold or give you a larger picture, overall picture with each uh, prophetic message or vision or dream. Amen. Um, so this, uh, this beast was a leopard and um, we noticed that a leopard um, when we see a leopard, a leopard is very uh, good at catching its prey off guard. Um, it, it pounces on its prey, so to speak, so it ambushes its prey, right? Um, it has a reasonable amount of speed, but with four wings, it says that it has four wings. Um, the four wings assisted in gaining more speed, and we saw that previously with the previous um, with the previous. Um, beasts that have the wings, right? Now, if we compare it to, histor uh, to history, Greece under, the Alexander, under uh, Alexander the Great was good at catching their prey off guard because of the speed at which they moved. 
in showing this, we only have to look at the time taken to conquer uh, the then known world. So it took Alexander and his army 12 years, Alexander the Great, it took them 12 years to subdue from Macedonia all the way to India and then down through uh, to Libya and Egypt in the south. The final death blow to the Medo-Persian kingdom was at the Battle of Arbella in 331 BC where Darius III was defeated. Um, so we read, we'll read more about this in Daniel chapter 8. Um, but um, you, you see there that this was Greece and Greece was the kingdom that took over or conquered Medo-Persia, right? So the next thing it says here about this beast or this leopard was that it had four heads and dominion was given to it. Well, as Alexander the Great was dying, his generals um, asked who was to take the kingdom and to rule, right? Alexander's reply was uh, it would be given to the strongest. So through much fighting, the kingdom was divided among the four remaining generals and hence four heads. I'm giving you this information because this is uh, what I found during my research and also uh, it helps to explain what these beasts uh, represent and why they were, you know, why they had certain characteristics, okay? So now we're going to look at Daniel 7 and verse 7. It says, and after this, I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast. So now we're at the fourth beast, which we know is who? Rome, okay? The fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. It says it had great iron teeth and it devoured and break in pieces and stamped out the residue uh, with the feet of it. And it was diverse or different from all the beasts that were before it and it had 10 horns, okay? So let's look at this fourth beast, okay? It says it was a fourth beast, um, but it does not give the beast a name. It just says it was dreadful and terrible and exceedingly strong with teeth of uh, great teeth of iron, right? Um, and that it devoured and broke in pieces the residue um, with, the feet, with its feet. And all, it was different from all the other beasts that were before it, but it had 10 horns. Okay, so what do we see here? We see that this beast was um, was not given a name um, or a type. Um, so it, it does not have a description. Um, it says that it was very strong, exceedingly strong. It says that it had iron teeth, which devoured and break in pieces. Um, iron teeth um, mean, meant that it would devour whatever it encountered or whatever whatever uh, w w was standing before it, whatever stood before it. So in verse 23, we find that it was to devour the whole, the whole earth eventually, right? Okay, so this is describing Rome. Rome was known, known as the Iron Empire. Um, or Iron Kingdom, and it conquered the Grecian Empire, which was Greece, right? And we know this already from Daniel chapter 2. It says that Rome conquered many cities and left a trail of carnage behind them with the residue they put into slavery. They stamped their authority upon them, uh, upon the then known world, and Rome was the strongest and largest of all the preceding kingdoms. 
and we see more of this in chapter 11. So the next thing it says about Rome is that it was diverse. It was different, right? So this was true because it was different to all the kingdoms before as the other kingdoms, uh, the previous kingdoms were monarch monarchies, whereas Rome was a republic. Rome was a republic, okay? And the next thing it says is that it had 10 horns. Well, remember that a horn is a symbol of a king or a kingdom, right? So 10 horns parallel to the feet of iron and clay in chapter two meant that it had 10 kingdoms, 10 kingdoms. So, so remember that Western Rome was eventually split apart into 10 different divisions, right? Which, which is what we now call Europe. Okay. And so, um, those divisions are France, Germany, Switzerland, Portugal, England, Italy, and Spain. Those are the seven remaining divisions, but the other three um, were exterminated. All right. So now we're going to see, uh, we're going to look at Daniel uh, 7 and verse 8. Daniel says, I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there was uh, there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. OK, so now we're coming into uh, the clear picture of who this man is that the Bible speaks about in the book of Isaiah um, in Isaiah 42. OK is when it says, is this the man, right? Talking about Satan or Lucifer, right? Or what we know as Antichrist. So while Daniel was considering these 10 horns, another little horn rose up from among them. And when we look at this um, power a little later on in the chapter, we are we see that um, there are 10 identifying marks uh, that show us who this power is. So, um, let's read a little further. Verse nine, it says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like uh, the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. Verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands, thousands of thousands excuse me, thousand thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were open. Now we are looking directly into the future in the book of Revelation. Your internet and wireless should always have you covered. With Xfinity, you're covered far and wide. Get the best internet experience at home with Xfinity XFi and the best wireless coverage with Xfinity Mobile. To learn more, click, call, or visit a store today. Requires residential postpay Xfinity internet. Restrictions apply. This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Becca used to be a mid-level programmer until she earned a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University. Now she's setting sophisticated honeypots to lure and catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.